Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Precious D, and with me is my co-host, Honeybee. How are you doing today, Honeybee? I'm good today. How are you, Precious? I am very good. I had an extra special day today. Oh, do tell. My hero quest arrived, which will mean Yay! nothing to you. means nothing to me, but I'm excited that you're excited. Hero Quest was a Milton Bradley game back in the 80s it was sort of a board game version of dungeons and dragons oh really yeah it wasn't technically dungeons and dragons it was hasbro trying i mean uh milton bradley trying to get in on dungeons and dragons with sort of a cross between a board game and a role-playing game uh, it came out in 89 and ran through like 94 and a few years ago, somebody oh. tried to do a Kickstarter for a new version, and I don't know what happened to that, but it didn't happen. And then last year, Hasbro, who now owns all of Milton Bradley's stuff, did their own crowdsourcing campaign, not through Kickstarter, just through their own thing, to fund a new version of Hero Quest. Basically the same game, but new designs on the figures and oh, yeah. expansions and they were trying to raise a million dollars and they raised two million dollars oh about uh 200 of that was mine nice <laughs> and i've been waiting a year and it and it was supposed to come monday then it was supposed to come tuesday and it finally came today i'm very excited yay and then tomorrow my new edition of car wars is supposed to show up which is a sort of mad max type game where you put a bunch of weapons on your imaginary car and fight other people in arenas or on the highway or whatever hell yeah so that's another one i've been waiting for a long time so all the geeks out in the audience will appreciate that the movie fans don't give a crap So today we are discussing the Black Scorpion from 1957. Oh man, or as I would like to call him, Derp McGurp. <laughs> Why do you call him that? Because of his derpy ass face. <laughs> yes, his drooling all over the place. Oh my gosh! Why? It's so like the, there are there are parts of the movie that are really good. And then that kills every single bit of it. Every time they pan to that derpy ass <laughs> face. Oh, oh my. It's uh, black and white, 88 minutes, but it feels longer. <laughs> That's what she said. Directed by Edward Ludwig. Our effects guy was Wills O'Brien, who you will remember from <laughs> King Kong and Son of Kong and the mentor to Ray Harryhausen. It stars Richard Denning, Mara Corday, Carlos Rivas, and Mario Navarro. Three of these people we have seen before. Wow. Welcome back. Mara Corday was in Tarantula, and Carlos Rivas, Rivas and Mario Navarro were both in Beast of Hollow Mountain. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't have a budget or a box office on this. I'm not sure what the kill count was. It was a few hundred, I think. The creature, of course, is a giant black scorpion, multiple giant black scorpions. And I'm giving this one a racism factor of two. Okay. Because? Because Maracorde is not Mexican. No matter how hard they try to make her be. Yeah. Well, I don't think she was putting in much effort. <laughs> yeah. She true. did not bother with any sort of an accent or anything, <laughs> which maybe is better. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think it is a little bit better than trying to do the accent and just failing miserably. I mean, uh, yeah. That comes across way more, way more offensively, I think. I don't know. Maybe not. But... I mean, a skilled accent is okay, I guess, but why not? Right. Why yes. Not just cast... A skilled accent. Yes, but why not just but like the trying Mexican? to do it? Yeah, I mean, in 1957, maybe they were scared. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. My notes here say that Pete Peterson, who worked on Mighty Joe Young and would later work on Giant Behemoth, actually did most of the hands-on animation. And this movie was featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000 in episode 113. Nice. Which I'm sure I've seen, but i probably watch again soon because I don't remember. I kind of wish I would have watched that version. (laughs) (laughs) The movie starts off with a volcano and some immediate racism. (laughs) I just felt the narrator was very condescending talking about the Mexican peasants and their... Only their prayers could protect them or something. He just painted them as a bunch of superstitious yokels. Yokels. (laughs) Superstitious yokels. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so right out the gate, explosions, chaos, narrator voice. Yeah, we're told it was the most violent eruption of modern times, and it threw up a mountain of 9,000 feet. And he talks about the evil onslaught. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just nature. It's not evil. It doesn't care. It doesn't have morals. It's just a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Really early into one of the guys says, um, like the first like bug noise there is one of the guys says, uh, what in the devil was that? And I thought that was really funny. (laughs) What in the devil? What in the devil was that? Like weird. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, our, our two heroes, drive up in a jeep with a trailer behind headed towards the volcano apparently they've been heading towards it for three days and it doesn't seem to have gotten any closer yeah holy shit they are a couple of geologists doctor uh i wrote army and police i don't they're meeting up with them or they're on the way and i found our so we have a white guy and a mexican guy uh, our Mexican guy is the same uh, part Mexican, part German actor from Hollow Mountain, Beast of Hollow Mountain. But I found Hank, uh, Hank the white guy, to be a real condescending jerk. Yeah, he's kind of, he's strange. Like, throughout the movie, I was like, what the hell? Like, a few times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just makes, he seems to bring up race a lot. Uh, talking about translating, like, implying that he speaks Spanish better than uh, Arturo does and talking about feeding babies beans and tortillas. And I don't know. I just, I didn't care for him at all. Yeah. Oddly, he consistently refers to uh, Dr. Arturo Ramos as doc, even though they are 
both apparently doctors of geology. Yeah. But they consistently refer to Hank as Hank or Mr. Hank and to Arturo as Doc. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh. I just found it weird. I didn't even notice, so good catch on that. Good eye. Good eye. <laughs> and they mentioned that this volcano is as bad as Mount Pele or Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. And they are going from Mexico City to San Lorenzo. And they pass a guy repairing phone lines who uh, tells them that things are pretty bad in San Lorenzo. Yeah. And he's trying to get the lines back up. And we hear a noise and a roar. The The noise is very similar to the trilling in them mm-hmm. but then there's a yeah, roar you, on on top of it yeah so <laughs> you definitely know it's a bug noise like instantly yeah. as soon as it starts you're like oh here we go <laughs> yeah yeah and similar to them they come across a gas station that has been trashed they stop because their jeep mm-hmm. is overheating and they uh the building is wrecked and a car is wrecked and there's a patrol car police patrol car with uh so it's a mexican police patrol car but there's clearly a white guy on the other end of the radio yeah (laughs) so once again not bothering with an accent or just hiring somebody who has an accent yeah it's like why are we in mexico if we're not gonna if we're just gonna be a bunch of assholes i'm guessing it's because the volcanoes okay and maybe there had been a volcano I didn't research this, but I'm thinking maybe there had been one fairly recently in Mexico. I don't know. I don't know why else, though. Yeah. Um, Maybe just to make it exotic or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's a white guy on the other end of the radio, obviously. Yeah, they pick up the... Oh, wait. Before this, uh, have they already found the baby at this point? I don't think so, no. No, they just pick up the, the police car radio to call in and say, hey, we found an empty car here oh okay 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 because <laughs> they call back later uh they yeah. tell them if we found hey you're there's a you've got a patrol car here nobody's here and uh sergeant vegas apparently is supposed to be in that car and they mentioned they will send a military an emergency unit to san lorenzo tomorrow and we hear some chittering and is is it a rattler they go check the building Pot is yeah. still pot is still boiling in there, and the rattle turns out to be coming from a baby. Oh, oh! But it's really weird because like they are just so happy to find this baby, and it's just like they're not like in any way like where where are the parents or what? They're just like oh a baby, <laughs> yeah. wow, yes, and, like just like picks him up and is like holding him, and they're just like so happy like they just have this like happy baby right. moment and i'm just thinking like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like like a a free baby is a thing you might find <laughs> in your travels they're not at all addressing why the baby is there by itself they don't seem concerned like not concerned yeah then the guy like yeah you said like about the hot beans on the stove like he's just there that's not even concerning he doesn't even turn the stove off he's just like <laughs> He's just like, oh, there are hot beans on the stove. All right, let's take this baby. (laughs) Wait, what? And I wrote down Mr. Scott question mark. So I'm thinking uh, Ramos maybe called him that. And I was confused. Like, aren't they both doctors? And yeah, I put Hank seems very happy about about kid and not concerned about parents. 
And here's right. where he makes his condescending remark about beans and tortillas because the baby is, is not crying and is being very quiet. And so he's like, well, when I have kids, I'll feed them beans and tortillas and they'll be quiet too. This baby is too young to be eating beans and tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do not feed your baby beans and tortillas when they're, Lies. When they're just a few weeks old. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait till they got a few teeth in their mouths. Yeah, but like, so they're so excited to have this baby and like to find this baby, they're like walking out to the car. And then I guess they see something or they get distracted by something. And the way he sets the baby down onto like in the car, uh-huh. I was like, do you care about the baby or do you <laughs> not care about the baby? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh. It like went from like, oh, this baby, I know so much about babies to like, oh, something's over there. Chunks baby in the car. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't on the I didn't seat. It's that. like an open car too. Like the baby can roll off the right? seat. He just he just oh I was just like, oh my gosh. This, so, but yeah, this is where somehow the sound or something leads them to find the dead cop who whose body is covered up. It's kind of hidden. I'm not sure why. Yeah. And they notice that every cartridge in his gun has been fired, and they get back on the radio to tell them about uh, Sergeant Vega's body and the baby and the the emergency unit will be there tomorrow. The, the yeah, guy so, the are radio. They, so they're just going to... I was confused at that point too. Like, so do they just have to keep this baby until tomorrow? Yeah, well, I mean, somebody's got to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, we found this baby. They're like, cool, well, we'll worry about it tomorrow. You guys have a great evening. So they get to town and ask for the mayor and they're kind of like, well, will a priest do? Because we never see the mayor. Uh, but a priest, Father Delgado, presents himself and takes things in hand. And uh, they introduce themselves as Dr. Henry Scott of the United States. And they immediately Ooh. recognize this baby as Manuel Tubercio. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he's like Manuel. Yeah, I guess there's not that many babies around, or he's just very distinctive. So, they, or maybe he's really close with that baby. He, yeah, well, he probably just baptized him recently. So, yeah, of course. But they, they pass. He passes the baby to some lady who knows him, and she just clearly this woman's going to end up raising this baby now because mm-hmm. <laughs> the parents, yeah. are, the parents are obviously eaten by a black scorpion. Uh, well, yeah, she says some, well, she says something about the demon bull. So I think they've some. This is a little confusing. They seem to know the parents are missing, but the food was still warm, so they shouldn't yeah. be aware that they're missing yet. And someone turn the goddamn stove off, please, yeah. <laughs> so the house doesn't burn down. So the lady mentions the demon bull, and uh, the father invites them to dinner. And over dinner, we get some exposition that since the eruption, people are missing or dead, but there's no blood Mm -hmm. left behind. Yeah. The demon bull is a symbol of evil amongst many civilizations. And the ranch has been attacked. And ranch ranch hands were spreading the demon bull story. And he offers to let them spend the night there. In the morning, they thank the priest and some army guys there and is asking them not to go on an unnecessary expedition. Uh, not uh-huh. because he gives a shit about them. <laughs> but he points out that uh, if you have difficulties at the crater, uh, it's my men who are badly needed elsewhere are going to have to go find you. 
which is a good yeah, point. I, I mean, felt it was a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's a great point. I did too. Yeah, totally. It's funny. You're like, doesn't give a shit about him. I didn't even think that in the moment. I was like, hell yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. He's like, listen here, Whitey. I'm not going to send my men out there after your dumb ass. Because you want to go play Mr. Geography. Uh, but they they go anyway. And at the crater, uh, Hank creeps on a lady on a horse. He's looking through the binoculars and sees this lady riding a horse and is all like, ooh, hey, ooga, hubba hubba. <laughs> and hands the binoculars to Ramos to take a look. And in the moment that he's handing the binoculars, she falls off the horse. So he's like, uh, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice looking horse. <laughs> yeah. And Hank says, yeah, but what about the lady on the horse? He's like, there's no lady on the horse. What? <laughs> what was smoking all over the place? I guess it was just you that? the meant to be volcanic activity. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. I was like, why is there so much smoke? Like, what is happening? Little little fissures in the ground, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but they go running to help when they realize the lady's fallen off the horse, and and this is Mara Corday. She says, "I'm yeah. all, I'm all right. I've fallen off Lucera before." Yeah. So I instantly right here, I was like, "Ooh, is this our lady scientist?" But she turns out to be not a scientist, but still same role. And um, I, this this is weird because is, isn't she like unconscious when they like walk up to her? It kind of seems like she, yeah, I think she's laying face down and they turn her over. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm fine. I fall off the horse yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, it's been a while, but I've fallen off before. I am Teresa Alvarez of the Miraflores. <laughs> so she's a ranch lady. She has a big ass ranch called Miraflores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, she's a cattle wrangler. That yes. one. And uh, they explain they'll be there a few weeks doing preliminary surveys. And while Arturo goes to get her saddle, so it looks to me like she fell off the horse because she didn't do her preliminary work properly and the saddle was not attached securely because it came off with her. Yeah. (laughs) But when Arturo goes to pick it up, he finds an interesting hunk of rock and brings it with him. And she asked them to take her back to San Lorenzo. She needs to hire more vaqueros. It was just so strange, this whole scene. Like, she wasn't hurt or, like, dizzy or, like, she was, like, unconscious. And they, like, turned her over and she was like, hello, this information, customer service voice, la, 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 la. (laughs) Like, what? She did get a little dirty and had to take a canteen bath. (laughs) Oh, and then why is Hank, like... When he, like, turns her over, I'm like, okay, stop touching her now, you <laughs> freaking weirdo. He's just like, uh, he's, they, their whole relationship to this movie is, like, sh- aggressive and strange. Yeah. They, well, they seem to decide that they're going to be a thing pretty quickly. Though, it seems to me like Arturo's a better match for her, but... Yeah. Whatever. For anybody. I mean... <laughs> Uh, at some point, they say poisonous plants can't wreck a car. I so, facts. <laughs> I guess somebody's theory was that poisonous plants were killing people. I don't know. I don't know why why they were saying that. As they pull into town, the doctors have agreed to use Miraflores as their headquarters for their mm-hmm. survey. And then Teresa runs into her vaqueros who are just hanging around, and she shames them into coming back. <laughs> 
and she's wearing a very jaunty oh. hat as she does this. I wrote jaunty hat. She has her hat kind of at it at a jaunty angle that I found amusing. And uh, Major Cosio wants to see you at Dr. De La Cruz's lab. <laughs> a lab? Of course. This dinky of little course. town has its own resident, not quite mad scientist, just slightly eccentric scientist, possibly yeah, alcoholic scientist. Yeah, I said, ah, here is the strange scientist. <laughs> they, you know, you got to have one. Yeah. And he's like, what, his lab? And the guy says, you'd be surprised at the experiments that go on there. So we don't ever get this. I mean, he's not building Rocky in his lab or anything. I don't know what. Yeah, we know. I don't know what experiments uh, are going on there. But uh, Dr. De La Cruz has Sergeant Vega's body and a microscope. And tells us that subcutaneous cells that have burst and run rampant, uh, but not from any known poison. So he's been analyzing what killed him and has realized it's some some kind of poison, but nothing known. What did I, I wrote Hopi? I don't know what the hell that meant. What? I put it in quotes with an exclamation point. Hopi? Lopez? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, my writing is so bad. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because I have in quotation marks Lopez. Yes, his last. That's, that's so funny. It's so funny. His anyway. assistant's name is Lopez, which of course I took note of because if you didn't realize, that is my name. Yeah, and it's really funny that he thought he wrote Hopi because if you didn't know that, that is my name. <laughs> my L, my L has a bit of a hump in it, so it looked like an H. <laughs> And my Z looked like a Y. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, so he talks to him to the Lopez in, and he refers to himself in third person. Oh, Lopez does or De La Cruz does? No, this De La Cruz does. I didn't notice that, but he hands Lopez all these test tubes that all look identical, and says, "Pure alcohol in this one, in this one distilled water." In this one, tequila, and in this one, water with salt. Although I don't think he tells them how much salt, what proportion. And he tells them that it's not a chemical poison, it's an organic poison. And we'll prepare slides and take to Velasco in Mexico City. And Arturo has heard of Velasco. Apparently he's the famous poison guy that all geologists have heard of. Let's see, I wrote one one wound, no blood, bacteria, and footprints were found. I guess that's what was found or not found. Yeah. Yeah, it was found. Uh, well, some of those things were found, but no blood was found. Right. And then Hank asks, oh, well, I understand, or one of the guys asks, uh, I understand about this and that, but why, why about the tequila? And he says, oh, that is for what you in America would call the uh, coffee break. <laughs> And then we understand why the scientist is a wackadoodle. <sighs> like, okay, he's a little drinky. A test tube full of tequila is not equivalent to a coffee break. Uh, I mean, speak for yourself. It's more like a, a your three martini lunch, I guess. <laughs> unless he may, unless he was going to pour it in the coffee. Oh. Do people do that? I mean, yeah, I know they. Pour I, coffee. I mean, I know people do that with whiskey. I mean, I'm just I've heard of that. I guess. Myself, I guess but. in Mexico. <laughs> Maybe they pour tequila in. No, I think he just wanted a shot. Yeah, he was going to drink his drink. 
He just right. needed a shot in the middle of the day. He's not I mean, angry. I've I've killed that in my bones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're dry. Everybody's driving up to the hacienda, and the vaqueros arriving. We see that the volcano damage came close, but did not quite reach the hacienda. And we meet Juanito, played by Mario Navarro. Juanito, who was Panchito in the Beast of Hollow Mountain. And actually, his dog is named Pancho. And <laughs> yes. he calls him Panchito. <laughs> Juanito. I find him, found him far more annoying in this movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because remember whenever he was Panchito, he was like the best. Yes, he is the worst in, in that this movie. movie. He's the worst. It's not, And we don't, we don't mean his acting. It's just the things. No, the, no, no, no. His acting is the great. Things the character does. Yeah, the actor is great. He's really great. I love the actor. Pio Pio was worried she's been gone since yesterday. Oh, yeah. So her foreman, Pio, does not realize that the horse came back without her yesterday. And she did not send a message or anything to tell him, (laughs) hey, I'm going to be in town for the night and I'll see you tomorrow. So he was out searching the hills for her. So that was that was pretty inconsiderate on her part. This poor guy was out looking for her dead body in the hills. Yeah, <laughs> So uh, Florentina and Juanito show the doctors to their respective rooms, and we'll see you later. Uh, cows, I wrote. Get them all brought in by Thursday. The cattle know there is evil on the winds. Yeah. <laughs> And that again with the yes. evil. And uh, we cut to after dinner brandy, and Hank is getting very flirty. I mean, wow! It's almost—it's like uncomfortable. Like this guy is a little aggressive. Yeah, well, here. but she didn't seem uncomfortable, so no, she wasn't at I all. I guess she was giving him the um, signals. That, yeah, I mean, they were—they were going right back and forth. And what's even weirder is like all the people. Anytime this happens throughout the movie, the people around them just look at them and smile like. <laughs> These kids, not like, oh, maybe we should not be in here. Like this is this is really getting uh, intense here. <laughs> but uh, Doctor Ramos discovers a scorpion in the obsidian that they speculate yes. has been there for a few hundred years and alive. And they break this. Yes, they break it open, and it's still alive somehow after hundreds of years. And they put it in a jar. Oh, that Juanito says he knows where there's millions. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, when they put it in the jar, they say to watch this little monster. And I was like, hey, shout out. <laughs> monster movie, fun time, go. <laughs> so uh, there's more flirting, and the phone guy calls to tell the, to test the line. The phone is fixed, and the lineman gets attacked. And at 32 minutes, <laughs> 32 minutes and 25 seconds, we get Scorpion Sign. Scorpion, his scary little eyes, <laughs> his little teeth. Ah. So the effects in this movie Derp. are done with a combination of stop motion and close up of a puppet head mm-hmm. that drools a lot. Because, like, here's the thing: sometimes <laughs> the animation is great. Like, there were parts mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, like that's great. Like, you know, the part. Well, I'll talk about it when we get to it. But there were parts where it was really, the animation is really picking up. You know, like, go 1957, we're really getting somewhere. But then, derp. 
the like drooly face <laughs> and then why does he look so wet like why does he look like greased up like he's so oily or something <laughs> he just looks he's uh, oh he's he's oiled he's oiled up for the pose down i guess <laughs> show off his muscles yeah i guess so oh, so there's like three linemen there one on the ground who gets scooped up and there's uh a gitano at the truck and he's like run get in the truck and the scorpion picks up the truck and throws it and then the lineman that was up on the pole gets grabbed and stung and then and poncho the dog runs off and the dogs the cows uh freak out and <laughs> scorpion kool-aid mans the wall is what i wrote <laughs> Oh, yeah. And Juanito is in danger. So they must have been working on the pole very close to the house. She said. The scorpion gets there quickly. (laughs) Call for help. Bang, bang. Operator phone rings somewhere, but nobody's answering. And Volcano blows down buildings like the big bad wolf. (laughs) So I guess the volcano goes off again. Yeah. Town folks run away from the scorpion. A, a woman falls and gets trampled a little bit until someone picks her up. Yeah, but she could have honestly gotten up any time. She just laid there with her arm out, like, ah, <laughs> waited for someone to step on her. Maybe she was a little older. Maybe she had bad I knees. I guess so. Uh, the, cows, the cows escape, and the doctors <laughs> jump in the Jeep and start chasing the scorpion. <laughs> and uh, Juanito jumps in, too. And Florentina, they all get in the Jeep, and the scorpion just tears shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next the next day, uh, the Red Cross and the army and people sort of standing around, just looking devastated in town. And then the famous Dr. Velasco arrives. Ooh, la la. Honeybee, let's take a little break here to get a word from our sponsor. <laughs> We'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back. The The father shows up, the priest, and Hank's like, thank God, Father, we thought you were all dead. All, all the, of them? They thought the whole town was yeah. dead? I don't know if they meant everybody that lives at the priest's house or the whole town or what. <laughs> But uh, he says, this is all that remains, even the uh, something. <laughs> even the, even the animals. Something. This is all that remains, even something. So, so yeah, these. this is all the, all the people and animals that are still alive, I think is what he's saying. And Velasco is sent in charge of everyone. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what I wrote here. (laughs) All that are left are going to be moved to safety. Everyone get ready to leave and only take what you can carry in your arms. And then we cut to a lab, I guess. And everybody's gathered and Velasco does a big info dump. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is our famous like meeting with a projector and maps and such. Yeah. Uh, these they're extinct since the Triassic. Tri, it's not Triassic. He says something else. Hmm. Triassian, Triassian era. 
Don't get me. And then they were living in the bowels of the earth, I guess. Right. And there are multiple scorpion. It didn't seem clear at first, but uh, there are multiple scorpions because the army guy says, I emptied my machine gun into one of them, indicating there's more than one. But that was not clear to me anyway in the previous scene. Yeah. And somebody suggests using poisonous gas. And the doctor Velasco refers to it as Scorpanita Rex. Scorpanita. Which he is which he has just made up, I think. Yeah, definitely. He's just decided that's the name. At least he didn't name it the Scorpanita Velasco. Then <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't work, I guess the poison gas, if it doesn't work, may God help all of you. <laughs> he didn't say all of us, he said all of you. <laughs> like I'm gonna. I'm gonna be out of here. I don't know. I'm fine. I hope everyone else is okay. Also, yeah. Uh, Teresa wants to come along, and the sexist men object, but Velasco says okay, and they go map. <laughs> and then later, Juanita wants to help. Yeah, is <laughs> sneaky little shit about it, Hank. I guess Hank just desperately wants kids because now he's having bonding time. <laughs> you know, he was so happy about the baby. And now he's... Which we don't see again. Now he's bonding with Juanito and asks him to find my boots. And Juanito admires the boots and he says, when you are bigger, I'll get you a pair. Oh. And Juanito says, I can ride and shoot very good. I'm seven and a half. That's almost half a man. Oh, and he tells him to take care of grandmother. So I guess the uh, Florentina is his grandmother. And don't get hurt. Yeah, good luck with that. Later, jeeps and horsemen are out hunting scorpion, and they find dead cows. And Velasco tells the major to hold all heavy equipment until we call for it. I think right around here we see. Is it right around here when we see the phones? The, like the cell phones. The cell phones. Or maybe they're not cell phones, but they are like portable phones. Like radio, radio, radio phones, phones like the army would yeah. have. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I guess they're so. so big that the guy has to sure. like stick his face out of the window of the car to like talk on it. <laughs> um, I'm not, I didn't notice the phones in particular, but what I have here is that one of the men finds a great big crevice <laughs> and uh, a big opening. And he and the horse quickly fall into it. <laughs> and everybody goes and looks, but there's no sign of it. And there's new crevices. And this is a job for the geologists. This is a job for the geologists. And they decide that gas might not work in such a big crevice. Are there pumas in the crevices? I don't know. That's an obscure Smothers Brothers joke. Look it up. <laughs> and I guess Velasco does the word to bring up all the heavy equipment. And Hank goes to get their stuff out of the trailer, and Juanito has stowed away in the trailer. Juanito! You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) They tell him, just stay out of the way, sit in the Jeep. Ladies and gentlemen, Juanito does not sit in the Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how he pulls off what he's about to do. He's a fucking magician. Yeah, he is. The doctors are all suited up in some kind of hazmat suits, and they get into this sort of cage thing that's going to be lowered into the 
opening from a crane. Yeah. And Teresa's saying, don't go. It's not your responsibility. And Hank says, Doc and I know more about caves than anyone else here. And there's a little smoochy smoochy. Uh. <laughs> uh, so she kisses him and then he, but sort of on the yeah, side like of the mouth, I guess. And then, he, and, then, and then he kisses her more aggressively. And she says, and she says, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Which I thought was an odd question since you, you started it. But he says, maybe I just wanted to see what you do. She says, what did I do? And he says, you did all right. This is terrible. Terrible. This is not (laughs) sexy banter. This is bad. (laughs) But if you kiss someone and they kiss you back and you say, why did you do that? We're like, well, I'm sorry. I thought that was a pretty clear (laughs) sign. It seemed like an open invitation to me. I I understand that, you know, we want to be explicit with our consent and all. But if you just go ahead and smooch someone, maybe don't be too surprised if they smooch you back. (laughs) Yeah. And then his answer is weird, too. Like, maybe I just wanted to see what you would do, like, as if it was his idea. It's like, yeah. Uh, And then she says uh, she oh the Velasco suggests she keeps a log, like take notes, be the secretary, basically. And he says, sure. Keep oh, this is another weird line. Hank says, "Sure, keep yourself busy." That's my theory. What? <laughs> Your theory of of what of of what to do to feel useful? I don't know what. Just, uh, yeah, and then he tells her to take care of Juanito, which she does not do. <laughs> which she does not do. She fails hard, real hard. The crane, the crane lowers the cage down into the. Which, crevice. by the way, when they're li- when the little um, you know, when it like pans out and they're like lowering the people and it's like the little toy people. Mm-hmm. I was like, are the little toy people wearing cowboy hats? <laughs> because so. it really looked like it. You think there was a lack of communication between the costumer and the model <laughs> maker? Is that what you're well, then I was like, why would they be cowboy hats? And then when it goes back up to the top, like where they're standing at the crane, the people up there are wearing cowboy hats. So I was like, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? I did not notice a uh, discrepancy in their headwear. but Good. It might, might have right. just been because I did watch this movie on my phone and it was very small. Okay. But I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Are the toys wearing cowboy hats? Because then it would like go to them and show them and they'd be in their like hazmat suit thing, you know? Yeah, so they uh, uh, they have the crane operator stop so they can take pictures mm-hmm. and then lower them down until they uh, hit bottom. A bat flies by. Did you think that the Flash was going to like do anything like attract the scorpions or anything? Um, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It seemed like the kind of thing that happens in these movies, but it didn't seem to either scare them away. It didn't even. Yeah, they didn't even look up or nothing. <laughs> yes. And they are in a huge cavern, and he, they look around like, "Can you see Mendoza?" They seem to think that they're gonna find the guy that fell in here still alive. <laughs> it is a long a fall. Long he is not alive, fall. and they know it. They just came down on the thing, and they have some, you know, canaries with them to detect poisonous gas, and they seem all right. And God damn it, Juanito is in the cage. Bum, bum, 
Because they get out, and then we see Juanito peek up over the canisters of gas that they've brought with them. He's not. The cage is not that big. How did he hide in there and they not see him all the way down? And how did they? I'm calling yeah, bullshit. Carry that bird cage all the way down with Juanito in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the bird cage. Yo, well they. He's in the. But they cage. still would. They they can't. There's no way. There's no way that they wouldn't have known. This thing is like, I don't know, maybe five feet square, but look more like three or four feet square. And there's two men and several tanks of poisonous gas and some canaries, two, like two cages full of canaries. There's not room for a kid to hide in there and not be seen. Yeah. Uh, but then we get to see this weird worm thing with pincers. Yeah. Like... Is it is it like a proto scorpion? See, I was wondering too. I was like, what do like baby scorpions look like? But then baby scorpions are just baby scorpions. Like they just look like there's no like larva stage. Yeah, I just meant uh, further uh, further up the evolutionary Uh, or further down. I see what you're saying. Okay, like something something that would develop into a scorpion, evolve into a scorpion. I see. Because it had pincers, it had pincers like a scorpion, but its body was just like a worm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not aware of this being based on any real thing. Um, I do want to mention at this point, though. There used to be on this planet like four foot long scorpions, Ew. scorpion ancestors, things in the scorpion family. Yeah, uh, these things are way bigger than that, but scorpions used to be a lot bigger than they are. Holy shit. Uh, they find Mendoza's hat and his broken gun, and they phone the surface to tell them Mendoza is dead. Obvious. And they tell him to come up, but we want to look around a little bit first. With our camera. And then we get like a, yeah. <laughs> and then we get like a scorpion parade. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them come by. And they shoot, but it doesn't penetrate. And up on the ledge, there's more... Oh, they're up on a, they get up on a ledge and there's more shooting and Juanito's watching all this and gets out of the cage. Oh. And then there's an odd hooting, <laughs> which I guess is coming from the worm, because then we get some scorpion versus Yeah, worm. we get a little monster fight. What's up? <laughs> ding 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 ding. And smile for the camera. And then they see a particularly big one that uh one of them refers to as the granddaddy. The granddaddy. Grandpappy. And snap, flash. And they notice a weak spot on the throat. Does something... Oh, the granddaddy comes in and kind of kills some of the other scorpions. Mm-hmm. And that's when they notice that there is a weak spot on the throat. Which, of course, will be important later. And Juanito gets attacked by a giant trapdoor spider. Yes. So there's giant spiders down here, too. And this edit right here, where Juanito, like, bends down to, like, open trapdoor (laughs) thing. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) Yeah. But then when the spider is, like, chasing Juanito, and they switch from, like, the screens, where it'd be, like, the spider was on the screen, and Juanito would be running, and then it would be, like, Juanito's on the screen, and you would see the spider moving. Like, they switched Uh it, and the editing there... Though it was like not great, 
the animation for the spider in that moment was really good. I thought the movement was really good on that. Okay. Oh, the yeah, the hooting was the yeah. spider. Not the worm. Uh, the spider said, who do you? So they shoot, <laughs> they shoot the spider and that works. And Juanita says, I come to help. No, uh, idiot. <laughs> and there's more scorpions and one of them grabs the cage and has a tug of war with the crane and the cable breaks and doc uh dr arturo ramos grabs the cable and gets pulled up and it looks like he's not going to make it but he does but he is struggling to hold on and i thought he was going to so there was some actual tension there for a moment (laughs) (laughs) and he tells he tells him to make a loop and send it back and they grab it and get hauled up just barely ahead of the scorpion. It almost gets them. Yeah, which is like weird because and scorpions, especially when there's like texture, can climb up things. Uh, you're saying it could have climbed, climbed up the wall? Yeah, it really could have. Well, they say it's going to be dark in about an hour and they'll be coming up again. So I guess they will climb up the wall when it gets dark, but for some reason that scorpion couldn't be bothered. Yeah. I was like, why the hell isn't he just chase like, them. he chased them the whole until they like got just far enough out of his reach. And he was like, eh. and I was like, what the yeah. hell? Like scorpions can climb up things <laughs> like, especially if there's texture, but whatever. <laughs> but they, uh, lost the gas in the lava. So they're going to try and seal the opening with dynamite. Dynamite. And, Somebody mentions that uh, scorpions can go, I guess, Velasco, didn't you tell us that scorpions can go months without food? Or thousands of years, apparently, (laughs) if they're caught in obsidian. Uh, But now I don't know, was that scorpion trapped in obsidian that whole time? Or did it just recently get caught in there? Earthquakes. I mean, not not earthquake, volcano stuff. The volcano. Volcano, yeah. Because that's obsidian is uh, lava. So had it somehow just got trapped in there recently? The thing is, when they find it, they know it's an uh, extinct ancient species. But is this supposed to be our clue that there's even bigger ones? I didn't get it at all. I didn't get the obsidian scorpion. Why it was even there, because nothing ever came of it. Why it was alive. Yeah. I guess it was just foreshadowing. I guess. That it had been alive this extinct thing was still alive and there's going to be more things that should be extinct alive. Yeah. Uh, But he tells us that these, these giants eat their own weight every three or four days. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to go. How did, how he knows this? I, you know, there's no way he could possibly know this, (laughs) but they decide this is probably the only exit. So boom, they blow it up and guess that does it. Okay. That's not, Enough to see here. <laughs> and uh, they all go home. And that night, Hank and Teresa are lounging by the waterfall. I don't know where this waterfall is. <laughs> but they start getting pretty serious about making plans and uh, working out schedules. Because she's going to go to America to buy more cows. And he has to go to Mexico City, and maybe she can meet him in Mexico City before she goes. I don't know. He calls her darling. Seemed a little 
soon for that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, later, Velasco calls Hank from Mexico, and I think for the first time in the movie, he calls him Dr. Scott, and I wrote down, Rocky! Rocky! Brad, Janet, Dr. Scott, Rocky! But the director of civilian defense and high-ranking army people want to want them to come and give a report. And apparently they were planning to go further south, but they will postpone their trip. And Doc and Hank have a little talk about marriage. So Doc is all, uh, Hank is already thinking of marrying Teresa, apparently. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> So it seems like the movie should have ended at this point, but it still keeps going. Yeah, it really, we could, it could have definitely just, because especially because there's only like, at this point, what would you say? Like how many minutes left in the movie would you say? Uh, I, I don't know. I would say like 13. <laughs> like, oh no, because there's a lot of more shit that still has to happen. Oh, okay. I still got like six more pages of notes. Six? Okay. Um, they are met at the airport by Victor Esteban, who takes him to Velasco. I got to take you to Velasco once, but uh, I'll take Senorita Alvarez wherever she wants to go. Mm-hmm. And they have a meeting, and they're going to record it. And they admit that they brought them there under false pretenses. Our government needs your help. This uh, seems unnecessary. They didn't need to. They could have just told them that to begin with. I don't yeah. Know they yeah. Makes no lied sense. to them to get them there. And here we get not quite a film presentation, <laughs> just sort of a slide presentation. Yeah. But but it's it's close close. And uh, we see that scorpions are trying to surface near the city, so we get kind of a combination of our film presentation and map work. That we usually get in these movies. Oh yeah! In the form of this, in the form of this slideshows, innovation, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the slides do look very cartoonish, still. <laughs> yes, yeah. and they tell us this: the cavern was part of a tunnel system five miles deep, and Hank is in denial. He's like, "No, come on, we got those guys. Are you kidding me?" And they want him to address a group of scientists and military. The day after tomorrow. Um, this seems a little more pressing. It should, yeah. it should be immediately, not the day after tomorrow. <laughs> it's a Mexican thing, I guess. Uh, manana. I guess. So, uh, what is this? Doc's something should penetrate two inches of steel. Oh, the oh, Doc's yeah. cartridges that he shot. The cartridges that he shot at the scorpions that were useless should have penetrated two inches of steel. And I wrote down WTF. What? Was the where did he get these cartridges that are supposed to penetrate two inches of steel? <laughs> that seems a little beyond your normal rifle rounds that he appeared to have. So I, I have no idea. I know nothing <laughs> about that. Gus, if you're listening to this, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Any gun experts listening, send us some feedback about what the fuck they could be talking about or if they are totally full of shit. Because it just, wasn't it just kind of a normal looking rifle? I mean, I really know nothing about like guns or rifles or I... This is the first time they mentioned that this was anything special that should penetrate two inches of... Uh, But they 
talk about the throat vulnerability penetrating and then poisoning the scorpions they can shoot it in the right place in the throat. we got to keep the secret so there's no panic uh and then we cut to our breeding couple out for drinks in fancy clothes and teresa tells them that this is mexico and no one's gonna eat dinner till 11 p.m <laughs> and then hank lies to her because he's got to keep the meeting confidential and then later they're having dinner elsewhere of caviar yeah, have you ever had caviar? Yes, it's disgusting. Really? You didn't like it? It was very salty, yeah. like excessively salty. I did not care for Weird. it. I certainly wouldn't pay hundreds of dollars for it. Why? I had have it you? one time, and it was a few years ago, like 2019, I think, at a really super uh-huh. fancy restaurant downtown in Austin. And yeah, it was like, it was just cool because, you know, it's like, you get to do it. It was like a cool thing I wanted to like check off a bucket list sort of thing. Like uh-huh. never had caviar. I want to try it. I mean, I wasn't impressed or anything. I just like it, it's cool to be able to say right. you've had it. I guess I had it at somebody's cast party, like you know, before you were born. Ew. <laughs> like before you were born in New York. So like yeah, you know, for no, no, it was here. Somebody was trying to be fancy. Yeah, that having uh, caviar uh, at a cast, cast party. party. In Odessa, Texas, sounds like not a great idea anyway. Uh, I won't mention who it was, but it was a wealthy local citizen you may have heard of. Tell me and then cut it out. (laughs) So they they say goodnight. Uh, I have to go and take care of business. I think it's Teresa. She has to go get cattle from America. And then we see a toy train that is going to get attacked by scorpions. And the scorpion drools. Uh, the scorpion drools a lot. Why? The scorpion, this, I don't know. We see a couple of scorpions come by, and then one of them stops on the track. And there's a crash, and it attacks. And uh, run. One of them grabs a guy. That part's pretty cool. A couple when guys he grabs the guy. Yeah. He's like swinging him around in the air. Yeah, and then a couple of guys are grabbed, mm-hmm. and the scorpions start fighting each other, and the big one kills two others, at least. Well, Exposition Man on the radio uh, tells us the express train from Monterey derailed outside of Mexico City. So we know that they are now heading towards the yeah. city, and he mentions the monster scorpions on the radio, so it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. And then there's the radio seems to be coming over loudspeakers. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Like uh, what? The many, whole city? <laughs> yeah. There's many victims and little hope of survival. All vehicles considered, uh, uh, um, not considered, um, commandeered. All vehicles are going to be commandeered by the authorities, like private vehicles and ambulances mm-hmm. and fire trucks and everything. Yeah, they're going into martial law and. <laughs> To 129 killed and hundreds unaccounted. So this movie's got a kill count of at least 129, but we know many more killed earlier. Uh, Big Scorpion killed the others and then is headed towards Mexico City, which is kind of convenient because they only have to deal with one giant scorpion (laughs) attacking Mexico City instead of a whole... Heard of scorpions? Heard of school? We're not sure. <laughs> yeah. Conclave <laughs> of scorpions. Uh, back at HQ, they are saying that they're not sure how many left, but maybe it's just one giant one. 
and it went mad with a lust for blood. And they think it killed four and may have killed the rest. Lost in the hills. Something miles out of town. I don't know how many <laughs> how many miles out of town. But it is approaching northwest area of town. Ring? Oh, the, the phone rings. <laughs> and they oh, find ring? out it's been seen. <laughs> Martial law has been declared. Martial law, everybody. North, uh, everywhere north of... Tacubaya and west of Guadalupe is ordered to leave uh, homes. Leave your homes. And all the announcements over the emergency system in and around Mexico City are in English. Yep. They couldn't even do that thing where they do it in English and then repeat it in Spanish. Nope. Could not be bothered. Ay, ay, ay. The guys get in the car. Hank tells Teresa to get in the building and stay. She does not. <laughs> the, now, at this point, we get the um, what I'm going to call going forward the uh, first in, last out scenario, which we've seen over and over again in these. Okay. There, there is no need for these two geologists to be hanging around with the army. Yeah, they're just there because they were there at the beginning. Yes, yes. The scorpion expert, maybe. And obviously the army needs to go fight it. But just because Hank and Doc were there at the beginning, they get to go along every step of the way until the end, regardless of what their qualifications might actually be. (laughs) So we... We've seen that over and over again, and I'm sure we'll see it in the future. Of course. So we'll just call that first in, last out. Philo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they Let's see. They verify one scorpion is alive, and the city is going to be... Oh, this is more of the announcer. <laughs> and the city is going to be blacked out. I'm not sure how that's going to help anything. <laughs> Uh, they try to set up, they're going to set up a defense ring around the area where the last one was seen. And state of panic. Literally, the next thing I have written down is LMAO, the scorpion is following the meat wagon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have a literal meat wagon. Uh, let's see, there's a guy in a field, and the ring is narrowed. Major Ortega, meet us at stadium with weapons and generator. I don't know why they think the Scorpion's going to the stadium. Maybe they're just trying to close a ring around it and drive it towards the stadium. And Small town shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a Hank. Maybe that asks what kind of weapon. Uh, I hope. I hope it is a weapon right now. Oh, he says, I hope it is a weapon right now. It's only a prayer. That's Velasco. Tell Colonel Sanchez move all heavy equipment into the stadium. Uh, then it's night, and there's trucks and tanks, and people running from the Scorpion, people who should have evacuated already. And I wrote kind of bad effect here. Uh, we can sort of see through the Scorpion. i not positive, but I think this effect is achieved by laying one layer of film over top of another and that must somehow cause some light to shine through the other layer of film because that's what it looks like is happening 
and it's uh, not great. Okay. <laughs> but everybody's waiting at the stadium, even though I have no idea how they know it's going to come to the stadium. And they talk about the projectile enters the throat. And there's some army guy who's man- manning it says, I've never used a weapon like this before. Doctors are right next to the gun. Yeah, so for no apparent reason, the two geologists are standing in the back of the truck right next to the guy who is manning some kind of harpoon-like projectile. But it's not quite a harpoon. And But it is basically an electric harpoon that's going to shoot 600,000 volts into the scorpion if it hits. If. Uh, yeah. And there's more panic, and the film looks sped up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. More meat. Scorpion is following the meat wagon. Meat wagon. Uh, There it is. Scorpion comes over the top of the stadium. Uh, Again, I wrote, Doc and Hank don't need to be there. More of the first in, last out principle. (laughs) Bang bang doesn't do any good. They've got tanks and they bulldozers and they back up the truck into position. And they, they white, there's a white area on the throat. Head, his head comes back a little bit before it strikes. And they're only going to get one shot. And the scorp, so there's a bunch of tanks and trucks and things and they're shooting and the scorpion is fighting them and he picks up a truck and throws it. <laughs> And he seems to be moving very quickly in the long shots and very slowly in the Mm close-ups. Whenever we see his derpy, drooly face, he seems to be moving very slow. (laughs) And there's a helicopter. A helicopter comes in, and he throws a tank, and the guy fires the torpedo and misses. But they turn the power on to to the harpoon. Uh, more vehicles get wrecked, and then the oh god damn it! He's like chasing so the major helicopters st- too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the major starts pulling the harpoon back, but the power is still on. So when he picks up the harpoon itself, he gets shocked and passes out. <laughs> and Hank yells at them to turn it off because they're all idiots. And this is why. <laughs> this is why. Hank and Arturo are on the truck so that Whitey can save the day because the Mexicans can't just save themselves. So Hank reloads the missile, the harpoon. And then Teresa comes walking into the stadium <laughs> with, with some random uniform officer-looking guy. And she's still in her fancy clothes from earlier. Mm-hmm. She's and I wrote worse than Juanito because <laughs> she should know better. And there's absolutely no reason for her to be there. There's nothing she can do to help. The, yeah, uh, she's just going to be a distraction. Everybody was supposed to evacuate the city, but she has left the hotel or whatever or headquarters building. I'm not sure where she was supposed to be, and come across town in her fancy dress, presumably with heels, <laughs> so she can enter the stadium and watch Hank be a big man. <sighs> and even though Hank, even though, uh, even though Doc is in position to man the harpoon uh, after Hank has reloaded it, he steps aside so that Hank can take <laughs> the shot. 
because Whitey has to save the day. <laughs> and then the officer that came in with Teresa runs off <laughs> and she moves, she moves closer and a helicopter uh, gets the scorpion. Oh, he, he, the, he did grab a helicopter at one point. Yeah, he has a good little Kong moment there. Yeah, as soon as I saw a helicopter, I'm like, oh, he's going to get one of those helicopters. But one of them cleverly, although they're not in communication with the gunners, <laughs> cleverly gets the scorpion to rear up by flying up over its head. And Hank shoots and hits. Turn on the switch. There's a lot of thrashing and more wrecking of vehicles. And they continue shooting him as he's getting electrocuted until hey. eventually... <laughs> eventually it dies yeah but he like it like shoots him and then he like makes this weird like ah! like woman scream <laughs> and then like does his roar and then just his face is just like <laughs> because he's like getting electrocuted and it's like okay we get it they do it for so long honeybee i'm concerned because your electrocution noise is the same as your making out noise so that that concerns me. Does it concern you? It shouldn't. It should intrigue you. Ah, <laughs> uh, be plenty of time for that. Like, anyway, they he eventually dies, and they turn it off, and we get a close up, and his little scorpion eyes are closed. Oh! And I wrote, I wrote, do scorpions have eyelids? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. I need to know. Okay. Uh, all scorpion species are nocturnal, so visual perception is not the most important sensory ability that scorpions rely on in order to hunt and survive. This is why some scorpion species, especially cave-dwelling species, have not developed eyesight as an adaptive feature. Strangely, however, there exist some scorpion species that possess 12 eyes that are located in various <laughs> bodily regions. Oh. In fact, some researchers even believe that a scorpion specimen is one big eye. Oh. Well... I didn't know it was possible to make scorpions more terrifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. According to biologist Douglas Gaffin of the University of Oklahoma, the entire exoskeleton of a scorpion may actually be one giant photoreceptor that converts ultraviolet sunlight and moonlight into colors that are visible to scorpions. What? This would explain why scorpions glow under ultraviolet light, which is a feature that has been tracked back to the earliest sea scorpion giant. Scorpions may have adapted to perceive light wavelengths that cannot be seen by most other animals, allowing them the advantage of finding shelter and prey during the dark of night. Judas Priest. None of that tells me if they have eyelids that they close when they die. <laughs> Uh, but this one does and Velasco says now we can get some actual poison from Scorpinata Rex because he's really hoping that name will catch on analyze it and create a single protection a simple protection against them if ever again and then he just leaves the sentence hanging then Doc starts to say something and Velasco cuts him off uh, it can wait and meet in my lab tomorrow for a recapitulation. I'm not sure he's using that word right. And oh yeah, they start they start to leave. Velasco says, "Hank, the Senorita Alvarez, we have not yet finished." And Hank says, "Neither have we." 
leaves. Gag me with really, really bad with the with the sexy banter. And the end. Honeybee, what do you rate this movie? One to five scale. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a two. A two? Two point five. Uh, I think that's fair. Give it. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it just a two, just straight two. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I feel like I feel like it's something that I would recommend to someone if they were interested in like animation. You know, <laughs> maybe like, hey, uh-huh. check this out. Or like, look where this came from, or something like that. But otherwise, eh, you're good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have t-shirts for sale. We the we have keep calm and take shelter in basements t-shirts for sale. <laughs> and on the back, they on the back they say Monster Movie Fun Time Go, and they have the URL. They are at cafepress.com slash MMFTG. We have them in many different styles and colors. And they've got that little, you know, it looks like a keep calm and carry on shirt. It's got the the crown on it. It says Mm -hmm. keep calm and take shelter in basements. Yeah. And thank you to whoever has already bought a shirt. Yes, yes. And thank you to our friend David Carson for helping uh, design the shirt. I mean, I told him what I wanted and he whipped it up for me because he's better at the Photoshop than I am. And uh, I do know that at least one of our fans has already bought a shirt, so they are ahead of us. I'm going to try and get one for Honeybee and myself. One for each of us. (laughs) Not one for for us to share Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's payday, so I will order shirts for us tomorrow. Yay! And we'll we'll take pictures and we'll put them up on the gram. If any of you buy shirts, take pictures and tag us. Yes. Hashtag MMFTG. You can email us your feedback or questions or comments. MonsterMovieFunTimeGo at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash MMFTG. Remember, folks, keep calm and take shelter in basements. <laughs> and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go when we will be watching The Deadly Mantis. Oh, we will be watching The Deadly Mantis, which apparently you have to go to Fossum to see, which is an app. Oh, it's like it's like fun and awesome mixed together. It's awesome. That appears to be the only place to stream it, but it at least it's free. So thank you for listening. Good night. We love you all. Say good night, honeybee. Good night, honeybee. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.